1: Hello and welcome back to All The Small Things with me, Venetia. So this is going to be something a little bit different. I have been thinking over the past couple of months that I put too much pressure on myself to curate these perfect nine episode series. So much pressure, in fact, that I only bring them to you once a year. And to be honest, I have this habit with all platforms that I create content on. I put myself under a lot of pressure and as a result, I think I end up putting less things out into the world and I'm trying to become less of a perfectionist as I get older. I am also wanting to just have more conversations and have them as and when they feel right, as opposed to, oh, let me book this in in six months when you are no longer promoting this book. <laughs> so think of these podcasts that I am now starting as little solo voice note podcasts from me. I have been really enjoying the style of podcast recently. I've been spending more time by myself because my husband has been very, very busy, as have I. And we've been spending, well, I've been spending more time by myself. And I, you know, I know I should, be okay just listening to the thoughts in my head, but I'm not. And so I spent a lot of time listening to podcasts and I find them to be a real source of comfort, especially ones that don't require so much brain power from me. Sometimes I really, really enjoy those, but I think I probably could listen to a more serious, engage my brain type of podcast maximum once a day, but more low-key podcasts like what I'm aiming to do with these voice notes. There's no limit. There's really no limit. So I thought I would start these episodes by talking about a couple of the small things that I've been really enjoying over the past week or so. These will be things like books, TV shows, films, dare I say products, recipes, all of the things that make up my life really. I want to start by talking about a film that I recently watched, which I absolutely fell head over heels in love with. It's called Rye Lane and it is the directorial debut from a woman called Rain Allen Miller. This is a romantic comedy set in Peckham and it focuses on black love. Now, I cannot remember watching. I mean, I watched a lot of romantic comedies growing up, who didn't? But I do not remember them being so centred around a black couple. And oh my gosh, does this film feel so refreshing. It is gorgeous. It stars David Johnson, who plays the leading male character, Dom, and Vivian Apara, who plays Yaz. David Johnson, you might recognize from the BBC show Industry. If you're based in the US, I think it was on HBO Max, but I might be wrong. Um, And in Industry, he plays... A Tory and like not a great guy. And he is really, really lovable in this. Wow, I was very passionate about that, but he is really lovable in this, as is Vivian Apara's character, Yaz. They are just heaven to spend time with. The script is incredible. The colour of this film really, really stuck out to me. It is so vibrant. The lighting is gorgeous. They are just lit so perfectly. And there's just a real pace to the film There are real moments of sensitivity, real moments of fun. I just loved it. I will be watching it time and time again. And I just think everyone should see it. It is honestly so gorgeous. TV show wise, oh my gosh, am I obsessed. Just as a side note, I know I say obsessed quite a lot. And I'm trying to say that less because it feels a bit ableist to me. My editor and I have been having discussions about this. So I have been really enjoying a TV show. Called I Kissed a Boy. It is on the BBC and it is hosted by pop icon Danny Minogue, who is the sister of Kylie Minogue, the original Kylie, and it's narrated by Leighton Williams. Now, this is a dating reality show, but it is about gay men. It's called I Kissed a Boy. Think Love Island, but every single contestant is gay and they are there to find love. And I am enjoying this show so much. I want to cry with how heavenly it is. I am falling in love with the contestants. I love how this is a show about gay culture and the gay community and it doesn't try and explain anything to the viewer if you're someone who is not part of that community. This is for them and oh my gosh has this been a long time coming. I cannot believe it is 2023 and this is the first queer dating show. I am actually completely stunned by this and I just wish I had grown up in a time where this was on my TV It feels so important and so necessary and so game-changing and no matter what you think about reality shows I would highly recommend watching this. It does feel like a really significant cultural moment and I am just loving it. I'm enjoying it so, so much. And I'm really excited to see more variations of this show. I would love to see a lesbian dating show. I'd love to see just a queer dating show in general. It's just gorgeous. And it's really, really wonderful just seeing people wanting to connect and fall in love and. My favourite person in the show is Gareth. Gareth is a 28-year-old stylist from Northern Ireland. And oh, I don't know what it is about him, but I am falling head over heels in love. And I am also completely in love with Sibomi, who is a 29-year-old freelance creative from London. I just, I'm adoring this show and I really think everyone should watch it. And I'm also watching it with Max, who is enjoying it so much. It's just brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. I also want to just give an extra shout out to Danny Minogue. I worked in TV for probably about five years, firstly as a producer and then as a presenter. So I feel like I have some skin in the game when it comes to judging someone's skills on TV. She is brilliant. She is absolutely brilliant. And initially, I felt like I'd kind of missed the mark a bit and I thought this was one of her first presenting gigs. Then I listened to a back catalogue of podcasts with Danny Minogue um, over the past week or so, trying to find out more about her and the show. And it turns out, obviously, she has loads of TV experience, specifically with X Factor. But she is brilliant. She is such a perfect choice for the show. And I really love how she always massively dresses up and all the contestants are just loving it. And yeah, she's wonderful. I really feel like she's a great choice. Um, And she's a really, really natural, brilliant presenter and screen presence. So highly recommend, in case it wasn't obvious, I kissed a boy. A small moment that I've really enjoyed over the past week or so is one of my very best friends called Lottie sent me by complete surprise a box in the post she sent me firstly a book that she borrowed from me called Paul which I have talked about on my YouTube channel and I would really recommend it's by Daisy Lafarge and also in the box she just put two dresses and a top that she thought I might enjoy borrowing for a while and then a really cute little note and a sort of upcycled it's made from upcycled sweaters um a little knitted cap filled with lavender that you put with your clothes to prevent, you know, moths eating them and stuff. And I just thought, wow, the romance of women and the romance of friendship is truly, truly special and meaningful to me. It just made my week, honestly. And I made a little video about it, which I put on TikTok. And the response was just heaven. I mean, Obviously, with most of the content that I'm putting out on Instagram and TikTok, a lot of the time, you know, it's me being quite potentially aggressive. Actually, I think aggressive is a bit harsh on myself. I'm going to go for outspoken. I just spent some time with the lovely folks at the Orr Foundation and the Orr Foundation have a video producer called Jules. He said to me, it's wild being with you in person because obviously, you know, we just see each other digitally. He just said, you're so relaxed and chilled in real life. And online, I just see you being really sassy. (laughs) And I thought that was really funny. Anyway, so I think a lot of the content that I put out on social media, um, Instagram and TikTok is obviously me being sarcastic and sassy. And then I just made this video about my gorgeous friend sending me this lovely, carefully considered box of treats. And it had such a warm reception, mainly of women just, adoring each other and talking about how wonderful female friendship is and it just felt very wholesome and I thought oh wow imagine if I could dedicate some of my social media to just talking about how wonderful women are that would be so wholesome um but alas we'll do it we'll do it now and again and then the rest of the time we will uh face comments from people who don't really understand issues like the Fashion industry saying, well, maybe garment workers should just work harder, or maybe they should get another job. Um, So we'll go back to that, but we will momentarily enjoy the love of women. A little recipe that I wanted to share recently. I made some pesto last night. There's something about being in the spring summer season, which means that I fall head over heels in love with pesto. Now, Italians and traditionalists block your ears for a second because this is not a traditional pesto recipe in any way, shape, or form. But I wanted to get a little bit more protein in there. So I had some frozen peas and I just put them straight in a blender and then I added a whole heap of basil, a whole heap of lemon, olive oil, salt, pepper, didn't have any nutritional yeast, frustratingly, toasted cashew nuts, um, because (sniffs) pine nuts are the most expensive things in the world. And there was something about the vibrancy of the frozen peas that not only made it extra super green, but also made it creamy. Very confusing. Anyway, it was delicious. Had that last night with some pasta and uh, really enjoyed it. plushcare.com slash weight loss i have been really really nervous to talk about this online and publicly i'm hoping that i will feel better once i've started to speak about it this is going to be an ongoing theme, I think on this podcast, and I just want to get better at talking about it so here we go. The main topic of today's a voice note podcast is going to be having children and I have to be honest with you, I have been so nervous about talking about this from a personal perspective. Honestly, I think it's been weighing heavy on my shoulders these past couple of weeks since I made the decision to do so. So since I got married, coming up to it's about three and a half years ago now, um, I have had messages, and even before then, saying "baby soon?" question mark When are you going to start a family? And it just made me go totally inwards it made me want to completely retreat and withdraw. And I think my YouTube family have picked up on that and know not to kind of question me too heavily about it. Oh, I think maybe because I've you know shifted my social media to not really talking too much about, anything personal, you know, on, on Instagram and that kind of thing. I honestly don't get too many questions about it. And I, the reason why I no longer, I used to do kind of like ask me a question. And the reason why I no longer do those is because I honestly just don't want to see that question. So I have decided to talk about it today because, so long and short of it is currently, I don't know if I want to have children. And I also don't know if I can have children. I have been actively seeking out over the past six months, quite intensely, stories from child-free folks and articles written and Substacks and that kind of thing by people who either can't have children, don't have that privilege, or have decided not to, for whatever reason. And I've been really, really impacted by the work of Elizabeth Day, who has really spearheaded the conversation of fertility privilege, and I would highly recommend um, her work around that topic. I would like to read an extract from Elizabeth Day's book, Friendaholic, Confessions of a Friendship Addict. One of the injustices of infertility is also an obvious statement of fact, At the same time as you're struggling to conceive, others in your peer group will be doing so with seeming ease, and some of them will do it repeatedly, popping out babies like PEZ dispensers. We rightly talk about privilege in this era of social change, an era marked by Black Lives Matter and Me Too, but hardly anyone acknowledges fertility privilege. Those of us who have had complicated journeys to parenthood are only too aware of its existence, I know how it feels to be the infertile one in a world of apparent abundance. I wouldn't post about my glorious babies on social media in much the same way as I wouldn't post about my expansive mansion or my fleet of Bentleys. Not that I have any of those. Because it's thoughtless to those who don't have these things. Forget the language of privilege for a second. Isn't it just lacking in basic empathy? Isn't it just being a good human? Once I sat next to a woman at a wedding, not a friend exactly, but a friend of an ex-boyfriend whom I had met on a handful of occasions. And because it was a wedding and we'd both had a fair bit of champagne, I found myself talking a little about what I'd been through. And before I knew it, she was telling me about how she'd recently had her first baby and had found the experience of childbirth to be one of orgasmic ecstasy, a spiritual portal of bliss into an entirely different dimension of love. You've never known love like it, she said with breathy giddiness. People say this often. No, I wanted to reply. I haven't. But that's not to say I haven't experienced lots of emotions that you won't ever understand either. You will never know this particular grief of mine. You will never know the specific loss of recurrent miscarriage. You will never comprehend the love you can have for children who never existed. You will never understand the resilience of hope the way it makes you realise that the power of creation and recreation goes far beyond the biological improbability of sperm meeting egg. You will never have access to the solidarity I feel with the hundreds of thousands of women who have walked through this same field. I could feel sorry for you, just as you so clearly feel sorry for me. I could point out the chasm in your emotional landscape, just as you have pointed out mine. I didn't say any of that. I mean, it was a wedding after all. I went to dance to Crazy in Love and tried to shake it off, but I couldn't, not entirely. I felt that that was important to read and also to consider, especially if we are folks who are pregnant or have had babies or children. And I know this is a really complicated and loaded topic, especially when you take into consideration things like fertility and non-cis het relationships and queer relationships and the pressures being put on women and other issues like reproductive rights and how they are being restricted in the US and how some members of the Conservative Party in the UK are also of a similar mind and would love to strip us of our reproductive rights here in the UK. So I have been actively seeking out these stories and I was introduced to an amazing uh, podcast and community called We Are Child Free. And for anyone who is feeling either ambivalent about having children or confused about where you're at or you think you might not want to, I cannot recommend this podcast enough It's called We Are Child Free, and it celebrates child-free lives, one story at a time, through honest conversations and human experiences. And the host is a photographer called Zoe Noble. I have found it really, really helpful. I found it's been filling this kind of space that I've needed. And I've been listening to some of the episodes with Max, which has been really helpful for us as we kind of navigate this territory together and figure things out together. And I feel very, very fortunate that I'm in a relationship with someone who is very understanding and in a similar position to me. I have spoken to him and had his permission to talk about this. He is also not sure whether or not he wants children. You know, I think it's for the reasons that I'm sure a lot of you, you know, might assume. A big one for me is I still feel like there's lots and lots I want to achieve and I honestly don't really feel like I even can take very good care of myself, let alone another human. And I'm so aware that this is the biggest decision I will ever make in my entire life. It will be completely life altering. And there's also a lot I want to do. I feel like I've just found my feet in kind of really finding what my mission is and where I want to be focusing my energy. And that is so empowering and so incredible and i feel so lucky to be someone who really knows what they want to do and what they stand for and it's taken a long time i guess for me to figure that out i just don't feel like i would be able to do it if i if i had an extra human to look after you know i i think babies are very very cute and i have lots of friends who are pregnant or have had babies I'm really happy for them and I'm really enjoying watching their children grow up and seeing what an incredible impact it has on their lives. But I do just think to myself, it's a 20 year long job. I say 20 years, but actually as a parent, when do you stop worrying about your offspring? Um, And so I'm, I'm, I'm really thinking about it all the time. I honestly do not think a day has gone past in the past two or three years where I haven't thought about it. I'm thinking about it every single day and it is exhausting. (laughs) And I really wish that I knew in my heart of hearts what I wanted, Um, but I don't. It's this not knowing that I find quite difficult because I think generally speaking, I, I really know what I want in like every other aspect of my life. As soon as I met Max, I knew that I wanted to marry him and spend my life with him. I know almost immediately when I meet someone I want to be friends with. I know almost immediately when I meet someone who I want to work with. I am pretty decisive about the work that I do. I am, um, I just, I'm, I'm quite a certain person. So having what would ultimately be the biggest decision of my life, feeling uncertain is so untethering. I have another podcast recommendation for you on the today in focus podcast which is by the guardian there's an episode in april titled embracing a child free life and this is hosted by helen pidd who always thought she wanted to have children but after three unsuccessful rounds of ivf she reimagines her life with the help of people who are child free by choice And this podcast also focuses on the pressures placed on black women, which I think is especially important to consider. You know, if we take into consideration things like pressures put on women of color and then other issues like religion, I think it's really important to consider intersectionality. So if you have any recommendations for child-free podcasts or conversations or articles that are specifically related to women of color please do send them to me as I would love to read them and also talk about them on this podcast. Before having this conversation publicly I did want to chat with my mum who I spoke about this with I would say probably six to eight weeks ago. I just said hey I just want to let you know that Max and I aren't sure that we want children. And for context, my mum is a very maternal person. Not only does she look after her children, she is very much like a mummy type of mum. Most people who meet her fall in love with her. You know, she just mothers, like she is a mother in every sense of the word. And this might be because she has spent the majority of her life mothering, um, not only her children, but also her husband. She was a badass career woman. And then she met my dad and they decided that she would be the primary caregiver. She was a part-time teacher when we were little, but for the most part, she raised us. And so I have grown up with this kind of context of like, my mother is very much a mother. And so it felt important for me to chat with her about this. And she was very understanding. Um, And my family have been really understanding and very supportive, which I feel very, very grateful for. You know, I think I know that they would like both Max and I to have children, but they're not putting that pressure on us. So that is good. And what I would say is, I have tried to talk about this more openly with friends and family over the past year or so and that's because the child free community encourage us to have these conversations and i do think how different the world would be if i grew up in a time where this conversation was happening as much as it is at the moment and that's another reason why i feel motivated to talk about it i think it's important and i have tried to personally with friends and family over the past year and some reactions to me saying I'm not sure I want this have been really really difficult. I had someone say to me why? Why? In a really upsetting way and it's really stuck with me. I have also had people react in a brilliant empathetic compassionate way both folks with kids and without and the way it has allowed me to connect with other people who are also thinking that they might not want has been so, so comforting. So I guess that's also a a hope of mine here is if I can talk about it publicly, then hopefully it will connect with someone. And if it connects with someone, then amazing. And I also just want to say, and this feels very, very important for me to say, I might change my mind. I always want, to give myself the space to change my mind. I have changed my mind on pretty much everything over the past 10 years. Um, This podcast could basically be called Venetia Unlearns Things. I've changed my mind on everything and I have learned to question everything. And I will continue to question this. And I will also give myself the grace to accept that I might change my mind and that's okay. Okay. A small note, which you might have heard me talk about before, but it feels really important for me to re-emphasise. As I'm someone in the sustainability space, I should say that there is a really gross and false narrative uh, lingering around the climate space and the climate conversation. Actually, the climate conversation, because it's not really in the, the the true climate space, that having children is really unsustainable and overpopulation is the reason why we're in a climate crisis this argument is rooted in racism and eugenics and that is why it felt integral for me to do the podcast that i did with tessa khan if you haven't listened to that please please do i am not here to in any way support that narrative i think it is really harmful And I just want to be really, really careful that I re-emphasize that. Um, It is something that I said on YouTube, I think about five years ago, which makes me feel obviously not great now, but also going to give myself the grace I didn't understand and I didn't know. And I have since unlearned that. And it's not something that I would ever, ever um, support now. And I will leave that episode in the show notes if you haven't listened to it. Um, please, please do. I also just want to discuss the phrase, when are you going to start a family? Because this is often the kind of terminology that's used for, or in place of people saying, are you going to have children? Or when are you going to have children? Side note, how I've spent my whole life with people saying, when you have children, which is potentially a whole other conversation in itself. But this phrase, when are you going to start a family? when it's asked to me and Max just makes us both feel, I think, pretty sticky. We really feel like we are a family already with or without children. There's something about this kind of social idea that we're not a family until we have children that I find not great. And especially from a queer perspective, you know, we always talk about queer communities choosing their families, their chosen family. And it just feels like a very kind of Heteronormative capitalist phrase and turn a phrase, if I'm honest. I really do feel like I am in a family with or without children, whether or not we ch- have children, whether or not we can have children. I have been putting myself under an immense amount of pressure since the start of 2023. Almost unknowingly, I have been sitting with this recently and thinking, why are you doing this? Why are you putting yourself under? pressure when you actually don't need to be. There are certain elements of the of the work that I do that are occasionally, you know, pressurizing, but I've been putting myself under more pressure than I need to. And I've been thinking about this more deeply recently. And I think it ties in to this issue, this question, this topic. If I'm not going to have children, what legacy am I going to create? I hate that I am putting myself under that pressure I deserve a great life with or without creating a legacy, whether it be through children or work or whatever else it is. So I'm really sitting with this at the moment, but I think it is the root cause of this pressure that I have been putting under myself and the kind of stress I've been putting under myself. You know, if I'm not going to have children, then how am I going to use this time? And how am I going to almost prove to the world that, I might not have children, but I'm going to work so hard to achieve all of these extra things that I wouldn't be able to if I did have children. Mm, really, really sitting with that at the moment. So who who knows how we'll get on with that. I did want to recommend a couple of pieces of hashtag content that I have found very, very helpful um, around this topic surprisingly, I should say surprisingly, because I don't usually recommend like men on this podcast, but there's a, there's an opinion piece by Greg James on the iNews. Greg James is a radio presenter here in the UK. He presents The Breakfast Show on BBC Radio 1. He's really, really brilliant. He's very, very, very good at his job. And he wrote an article called Bella and I, Bella is his wife who is a really, really great author. I've read both her books, highly recommend her work. Uh, The title is Greg James. Bella and I don't know if we want children, so please stop asking. This came out in January and I found it such a comforting read. I literally ran to Max and read it to him and I would really recommend it. And I'm going to read an extract from the article. If you're currently thinking about what to do with your loins, remember this, you're not any more or less a person for having or not having children. It shouldn't be the expected thing. The default should actually be that no one has them until you've properly considered why you want them. If you're completely sure and it's the thing that your mind and body is telling you to do and you're ready and excited, then that is wonderful. It really is. How brilliant to have that clarity of thought. But for the rest of us who worry it's not for them, take comedian Chelsea Handler's advice. You're not doing any baby a favour by being on the fence about becoming a parent. I have spoken about this lots before, but if you're someone who enjoys learning through fiction, I'd highly recommend Emma Gannon's book, Olive. I'm really, really intrigued to read her new book, The Success Myth. I will definitely be buying myself a copy and... Really hope to chat with her about it on this podcast because she talks about this pressure. I recently read on her her Substack that she was it her Substack maybe her Instagram. As you can tell, I, I read a lot of her work where she talked about how she was putting extra pressure on herself because she doesn't want to have children and how she then put extra pressure on herself in terms of work and that led to her burning out. So I do think it would be great to get her on the podcast to talk about this. But if you're someone who enjoys reading fiction, her novel Olive. It is about a friendship group of women and this it, it focuses a lot on this on this topic. So I would highly recommend that. I could go on with these recommendations and I probably will continue to as these voice note episodes go on. It felt important for me to discuss this in this first episode so we can just continue talking about it as the episodes come on and I can continue peppering in recommendations that I have for this topic and um, yeah, this question. Now, In the coming weeks I definitely want to use these episodes as an opportunity to hear from you so we have a brand new email address for the show it is atstpod at gmail.com that is atstpod at gmail.com you can email the show with questions and reflections and thoughts whether these things are small whether they are big we would love to hear from you and I am very much looking forward to centering some of these episodes on those emails and to have chats with you. I'm really looking forward to it. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I feel like I'm going to do a big exhale when I stop recording. If you are a fan of the show or you're new to the show, please do make sure you're subscribed. That way you will never miss an episode. Bye-bye.